Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Karf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby, because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Hello, Michael. Hello, Hello. Michael. Hi, Michael. Good. How are you? Good. Good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can. Yes. So thank you, first of all, for meeting with me today and chatting miniatures, my favorite conversation of all. So thank you. And you live in, remind me, Ohio. Ohio. Where are you? Now, where are you at? I'm in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. All right. So the weather is probably similar, cold. It's really. Yeah, it's cold today. I think we're at negative two today. When I can see in the background, it's snowing there, right? Well, it did, yeah, well, t- yeah, it's kind of flurrying right now. We had snow a couple of days ago, but that was really our first snow we really had this winter was a couple of days ago. So we just had a, we've had, we just haven't had any snow. How about you guys? Not too much. No, not like we usually, not do. like I remember, you know, like when our grandparents used to say, or even our parents, like, I used to walk in the snow up to my ankle or my waist. Both I ways. And I do remember though, as a child, way more snow than we yeah do yeah more than we have now definitely so um but yeah it's great to chat so thank you yeah you're welcome well thank you for coming on uh-huh. so you are a collector of dollhouse miniatures and you mm-hmm. focus mostly on miniature quality artisan made miniatures from around the world yes That's so cool so and i have to say you are an amazing interior designer and when I look at your pictures or your photos of your creations, I just want to move right in. They're so amazing. <laughs> so my first question is, are you a, um, a designer, an interior designer in real scale? No, I'm not. Um, my profession, full-time profession is uh, I work in public relations um, for a te- technology company. So now it's just a hobby, basically. And I've always had a knack for interior design and I just do it as a hobby so now I know people are surprised when they when they when I say I'm not but and I'll share your handle and everything and they can see your Instagram they can see all your photos but Mm -hmm. you got started about five years ago which I thought that was pretty surprising as well because I thought for sure you've been doing this for years and years when how did you get started in many things was it five years ago or was it did it was it before Mm -hmm. that no, it was about five years ago. I won a um, lobby dollhouse on an auction, and it had all kinds of artisan furniture with it. Um, and I started researching it, and you know, and that's really how I got into it because I noticed that a lot of the furniture was made by artisans, and I just found that very interesting. And um, as I did more research, you know, I learned about a lot of these artisans and. Um, a lot of them focus on certain things, whether it's furniture, um, you know, it could be florals, um, drapery, lighting, 
um, you know, various things. Most artisans have kind of like a, a, an area that they focus on and that's what they make. Um, so I really got into it and because I liked interior design, I thought, well, this would be a good way to really work with that. So um, that's how I got into it. So you saw this house at an auction. You, did you know what miniatures were? Like this house came up on the auction. You're like, okay, what you know what? No, I, I think I was like everybody else. I just thought about like you know, doll houses, you know, and things that kids play with. I didn't really realize that there was this whole world out there of um, miniature artisans that actually make furniture. It's not like something that you buy in a store, like a Hobby Lobby or something like that. Like there are people that actually make this stuff in, you know, for many years. Um, and I just found it fascinating. And then I believe the next year I went to um, Chicago for the first international miniature show. And then I really learned a lot there about a lot of the artisans. And then they actually have at the Art Institute there in Chicago, the Thorn Rooms. Um, don't know if you've ever been since you're from Wisconsin, but it's pretty amazing. You should go I know. if you ever get to Chicago anytime it's like I said it's at the Art Institute and it's pretty amazing and they have all these room boxes that are made and they're just absolutely beautiful and they're and they're from different periods from a few decades ago so um but yeah like okay so what makes you say you know Addison what makes what makes them museum quality I guess what do you look for because of the detail so when I look at it it has to look like something that's life-size so when you look at it you can't tell that it's a miniature and that's one of the reasons why when I do um, a photo for Instagram in the beginning I didn't do it because I didn't realize it but a lot of people thought were like no this isn't this is a real life-size scale so that's why I started putting my finger or hand in the photo so people can see the scale and then they're amazed to know that like this is miniature and it's not like a life-size room um but yeah it's mostly like the detail of it I want to I want it when when I look at it it has to look like something that would be life-size and you know and that's you know there's so many little details to make it like that from just the way that they carve something like let's say a table um, to the thickness of it, um, you know, it's all relative, and that's kind of how, how how I go about it. And you know, I and I'll say that you know I focus mostly on the I do focus on artists and stuff, but um, you know, it's not all the most you know expensive artisans. I find really great artists on Etsy that um, are up and coming that do beautiful work, and then I use people that you know, have been in the industry a few decades, you know, that, that, that know it and, you know, have been doing it for a lot of years. So I try to, I, I try to broaden my range when it comes to which ones I use. Um, to me, if they do a good job and it looks like life scale, then I'll use it. And how do you put a price tag on a miniature? So I recently inquired this huge estate and my plan is to sell most of it and yeah. put money towards this fund that she had for a teacher's fund. So I'm gonna- Oh, nice. Yes. And when I make miniatures, I, I can kind of get the sense of a price because of my time. But sure. When it's someone and, else, and honestly, it doesn't. I mean, the time that you usually put into them, you really don't get the money out of, just because 
you know, it, I know a lot of people do it as their passion, but I know a lot of people say like, even if they sell a piece for, let's say three or $400, probably just the time that they put into it is well over that. When you think of it, you know, I'm sure in your case too, what, what, what is it that you actually make? Do you focus on one thing or? No, I have a subscription box and I really want it to be all handmade. So I've been doing, you know, clay, wood, everything. And then I also bring in featured artists that then oh, they nice. can hear their work in the box. So yeah, it's all, I'm all over the board with all materials. Oh, good. When I'm selling someone else's things like this estate that I just got, yeah, I, it's very hard for me to put a price on it when I didn't. So, so well, I, you know, it, I guess it all depends. What avenue are you selling them? Are you going to do it like on eBay or, or you don't know yet? Or do you have a, your own website or how are you planning to sell? Because I think that makes a lot of difference because I was the same way, but then you kind of learn after research to see similar or, you know, the same thing that might've sold, you know, to see what it sold for. Um, or, you know, I found that like with eBay, cause I'll sell stuff on eBay too, the miniatures. And I usually start the bids. I just start a seven day auction and I start them like at $9 and 99 cents. And then just to whatever, you know, people are willing to pay, that's what it's worth. So if it's a good artisan miniature, I mean, I've seen, I've seen eBay auctions where they'll start out at $9.99 and people pay a couple thousand dollars for a miniature. If it's like really, you know, somebody that is no longer around or not making them, or it was a limited edition, or it's just something that it's very, like, you're not going to find it anywhere else. Um, you'll see that. Um, and then there was an auction actually mm, a few weeks ago it was a, it was an online auction. It wasn't an eBay one, and someone paid for four miniature Santas. They were, you know, one inch scale for a one inch scale dollhouse. Um, I believe they paid twenty four thousand dollars for four, which is crazy. You know, that was definitely a bidding war between somebody. And what somebody was else. so special about these Santas? You know what? I, I don't know because they didn't even have the artist's name on them, but maybe they didn't know who, who made them. But I mean, the quality of them were beautiful and they were very detailed. But um, so eBay is one of them. Um, a lot of them are done through live auctioneers and invaluable.com, uh, which are just invaluable. auctions that, that companies do. And then Ron Rhodes in Pennsylvania, they're a big um, auctioneer that does dollhouse auctions that have been around a long time. And then um, Karen's Dollhouse uh, Shop, which is in New Jersey, she does auctions as well sometimes. So those are usually the avenues, either it's online or through the different auction companies. And then through eBay are usually where mostly you can do an auction or sell your stuff. Um, or you could do it, you know, individually on your own. Um, if you have a following, it just depends on, you know, where you're following. And I think with Instagram, that's been a great avenue because you have followers that are following you that have an interest in dollhouses. Mm -hmm. So um, I've been able to promote when I have little auctions um, through, through that, you know, along with when I, you know, just post my design work. Um, I've learned that it's a great avenue to sell as well. So can you name drop a few? Like if you see some, like this name on an auction, you're, you're bidding. 
Do you have names like that that you always? Oh, you mean like people, like like yeah, artisans? artisans? Yeah. Yeah, like um, Roger Godhill, uh, William Murphy. They they are both um, deceased, um, but they made furniture, actual wood furniture. Peter Cristo, Eugene Cupjack. They're known for their sterling silver um, things like that. And if you um, see these pieces, like if, if their name isn't on the auction listing, if you look at it, will you see like, okay, that is definitely their piece? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, once you, the longer that you're in miniatures, you come to realize like that, like, and sometimes I'll even contact them on eBay and tell them like, this is who the artisan is, you know, and I'll help them out if I know who it is, because sometimes they, they just have no idea because Maybe they're selling, you know, maybe they're selling somebody else's stuff. They're a family member who have no clue like what the stuff is. And they, they don't know who the artist is. That's why it's really important to keep a, a, a book with like everything you have, how much you paid for it, who the artist is, just because. So if ever, you know, you had to sell it or someone had to sell it before you, for you on your behalf, if you were deceased or something, they know and they have good records to know what to sell because some of these things are very expensive. I mean, you pay more for them than you would pay an actual life-size piece of furniture. And like I said, um, some of the other ones that I like are um, Allen Barnes and they're in the UK. They do furniture too. They're called Turbina Miniatures. Some of the floral artisans that I like are Michelle Carter and Lara Crane. So they make a lot of florals. Uh, leather furniture would be Gail Steffi. So she does um, a lot of like tufted leather furniture. Um, those are some of my, you know, my favorite ones. As far as room boxes, Tony Jones, he builds a lot of my um, room boxes. And then I do the interior design of them. So he actually builds the structure. That was gonna, that kind of leads into my next question. So you have to like kind of create in a way, like, are you doing the electricity? Are you doing the flooring, the walls? Because I mean, it's almost it's almost like a real interior designer. So you know, Tony builds them. So what I usually do is I kind of just think about like what I want to do. So I'll sketch it out. I'll find pictures of similar things, either life size or other dollhouse ones that that are similar, and be like, oh, I want this. So then I send it to him. And then he tells me what he can and can't do. And sometimes I have some of the stuff that he can use. Like I may have the lighting or a particular door that I found that I want to use in it. But then I usually send the stuff to him and then um, he builds it. So he does all the electrical um, in it, um, the painting, the wallpaper, the floor. So it's basically just a finished piece when it comes to me. And then I do all the interior design as far as like putting the furniture in and flowers. And, you know, and things like that. I mean, I have done ones in the past. I know how to do the electrical. And I have redone room boxes that I found at broad sales or online. Um, so I've done it. I know how to do it. But to me, you, you get to do the part, if you ask me. Like, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, because um, Tony, like, he he's really good about the electrical. And uh, I usually use the little pins, which the best sometimes because sometimes they fall off and then you lose the connection um he actually like hard wires these room boxes which um is better so you know he has an expertise in that which is good i don't so um that's why i kind of like if i have one that i really like 
have some nice pieces and want to showcase it. Um, you know, I work with Tony. So, and you have to learn with miniatures too. It takes, I mean, they work on their own time. So it can take up from the beginning to the end, you know, through the whole planning process and getting everything you need. I mean, it can take a year to do a room box sometimes, sometimes less, but um, Again, yeah, you know, yeah. they're time consuming. A What'd you say? I like when they take that long, it's so hard to put a price tag on that too. Right. And, and it, it, you would think it would be like, oh my god a lot but i mean it's not like they're working on them 24 7 but sometimes like they're waiting on something that they need to finish it. so um or they just have other they have other work too i mean you know sometimes they're not just working on your thing so there's a lot of things that that you have to take into consideration but sometimes they do go fast and then, like i said sometimes it can be six months to a year it just depends on how detailed you are with the room box and there's a lot of factors into it but otherwise you know it's fun once you receive it and then to me the decorating part is pretty fast because I kind of know already how I'm going to do it and I even have like the drapery made prior so like it's all there I have pretty much all the stuff for it when when I get it can you talk about your collection I mean do you have like a whole room, a whole house dedicated to? I do. So my basement, um, so I have um, about 24 room boxes and they're all different things from just living rooms to like, I have a little boutique store. I have a like a little um, a conservatory. I have a bakery. I had a Christmas toy shop that I kind of change out over the holidays. I have some primitive rooms. Um, so it really, there, it's a whole range of things and a whole, and from a whole, it's not like, I like one certain design. I love primitive. I also love just traditional, um, you know, styles. So I try to like, you know, do different things because not everybody likes primitive. So, you know, I've learned with like, especially with my Instagrams to be kind of, you know, open to my design style, which is great. You know, like I said, everybody has different tastes. I try to mix it up a little bit. Um, and then I have um, I have the Lobry Dollhouse, which I said was my first one that I won. And I still haven't finished it yet, um, of course. And then I have a beautiful um, dollhouse that was made by PM Throop, which is like a Cape Cod dollhouse. And it's absolutely beautiful. I won that on an auction. Um, and PM um, was pretty much like the architect in dollhouses i mean her work is absolutely amazing she's deceased too now but um it, you couldn't you can't imagine like the detail um that she puts uh, that she put in her her dollhouses it's really amazing so i was i was very lucky to win an auction and win that dollhouse what was her name again him throop okay yeah um so she did a lot of like like period dollhouses so like a lot of cape cod you know homes um and everything from the outside to the inside is very detailed that's kind of like my dollhouse that i have and then um like i said it's mostly room boxes i think more people like room boxes today than dollhouses because first of all they take up less room you can they're more mobile where you know a dollhouse takes up a lot of room um and they're heavy and unless you have something that's really really like a one of a kind um you know you could sometimes pay more for a room box than you do a dollhouse 
And how big, how many rooms are your dollhouses? Are they pretty big? Uh, you know, they're usually like typical living room, dining room, kitchen, study, three bedrooms, two bedrooms, you know, it, it all depends, but that's mostly what they are. And, you know, and like I said, in this dollhouse, the the, the Pam Thrupp one, um, like I said, it's very, like when you look at it, you wouldn't even know really that it's a dollhouse because it's so detailed from the shingles to the doors to the window panes. I mean, everything is just to scale and um, realistic. I'm going to have to scour your Instagram again and see it. Yeah. I'm sure you have a lot on there. So how do you, how do you, determine what your next project is you just find like a magazine a picture of an in a magazine yeah. you absolutely love and you're like gotta create that you yeah know? absolutely that's kind of like what I do I'll see a picture of something I'll be like oh this would be a cool room and then what I'll do is I'll kind of do just research and google things and then I'll ask like like so I have an artist in, in Spain that he makes most of my metal coffee tables like the glass coffee table so I'll see something and I send him the 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 link to like like some like to a furniture site and then it gives him all the um like how big it is in life size so he knows how to size it in dollhouse you know one inch scale and then sometimes they're like I can't make it or you know it's too difficult or sometimes they're like yes we can um and that's the same thing with like my furniture, like the guy that makes and upholsters the furniture that I use. Same thing, um, you know, I'll send him a picture of something and he'll tell me if he can do it or not. And then we go from there. So you're working with various different artisans too in this process. Um, but I usually first, I start with the, the room box because if the room box can't be made or, you know, there's no use of doing the other things. And then once that's, in place and then that kind of starts the design process and then you know so it's very much like an interior designer in real life i mean it's pretty much the same thing that you're doing you're working with different you know people to to make it all come together i'm so happy that you said in your instagram you know and you get to share these beautiful creations with everyone so thank you for that yeah i'm and that that's the great thing about instagram because i've had interest from you're, you know, I've thought about, oh, that'd be cool to put some of my room boxes into like a local museum or somewhere where people could actually see them. Um, but that's a lot of work. Plus, you have to make sure that they're insured and, you know, that they're uh, safety of them, that they're all enclosed so no one can, you know, get to them. Um, so there's a lot of things involved in that. So with Instagram, at least you can, you know, it's all right there and people still can enjoy them. Do you glue everything down or how do you? No, no, I don't. So there are some artisans that would build room boxes for people and they would actually intact everything. I don't because I like to change things up. So I never glue anything. And to me, it ruins the furniture. I mean, what so do you no, I never do. I use just a what, tacky wax. It's just like this tack wax that you put on like the for pictures and things like that. But as far as... And then things that maybe sit on a table that might fall over. And I just put a little piece of that wax on the bottom of it. But okay. that's pretty much what I use to <laughs> keep things in place. Of course, things fall down and fall over all the time just because, you know, the weather changes. So the humidity might, you know, make something fall off. But for the most part, you know, everything stays where it's at. 
And do you use glass or some type of covering for, especially like your room boxes? Some of them I do, some of them I don't. Uh, all of them had plexiglass to cover them because it does protect them and, you know, dust and stuff. But mm -hmm. it, it, it's really, some of them do have the protection and some of them I don't have glass on them, just don't have a piece of it or it just wasn't made for them. Um, but if, if I had the choice, I would definitely have plexiglass because it does, you know, protect them and, and the dust <laughs> too, so. And you do, I notice, have some dolls in not yes. all your photos, but just some. Can you talk? Yeah. Your mom, so, Martha Stewart doll, you have to. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, she's great. So the, the person um, person that, that does them, she's in California. And she is just like absolutely. Um, her name is Sharon Cariola. And it's Sharon S-H-A. R-O-N, Cariola, C-A-R-I-O-L-A. And Sharon does these life like people, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll, I've asked her to do some others and she can't, she can make pretty much anyone and they're, they are amazing. Um, and then some of them are made um, by a gentleman and um, he's in um, England some of the the dolls so those are the two main that i have i don't have a lot but um why martha stewart are you just a fan of her oh yeah i like her okay yeah i'm a fan and then i thought she would go good in some of my scenes you know like my kitchen scene who else would you get if you could because you said the other artists <clears throat> um you know what i wanted to get um i was thinking about getting jane fonda but you know <laughs> really just thought about that um thought maybe maybe a character from the wizard of Oz. i don't know i mean i know those don't really fit into my scene but i guess i could for like halloween time or something like that but otherwise I, yeah amazing how they make those too i mean yeah. the process yeah. i mean it's pretty uh it's pretty hands-on and um takes a lot of time so i tried one once for my parents for christmas i tried to sculpt them yeah put it in a shadow box. I mean, it wasn't to scale at all. It was big and it was still hard for me. So yes, especially. Yeah, I mean, I think you really have to like, yeah, you know, you have to mold, you know, they're, and they're basically looking at a picture a photo when they're making these, I mean, or very various photos of the character. Um, so I think that's, I just think that's a, a, such a skill. I mean, to be an artisan that makes these dolls like that. I mean, yeah, really an art. Yep. So before COVID, I guess pre-COVID, did you travel to find all your miniatures, or is it mostly like online? Do you go to yeah, shop? it's mostly online, eBay, and then I, I there have been a few times I went to the international show in Chicago. Mm -hmm. You should do that too. I'm going this April. I'm really excited. Yeah, definitely. You will love it. I mean, because it really brings everybody. And you really get to see um, just the depth of this whole miniature world and what these people do. I mean, make, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, there are some things I don't even know. I mean, about some artisans, just because it's so big that you sometimes you just don't have the time to even see everybody. But um, yeah, you will be, I'd like to because of COVID, I haven't been, been able to go for like two years now. So yeah, I would like to go this year just to, see some of these people because i haven't seen them 
you know, since COVID and some of them don't sell online. So the only time you can buy is at the show. Is there an artisan that you're like, I just want their work, but I just can't quite get it yet. Is there anyone out there? Um, well, yeah, there's, um, there's a, um, a, an artist that paints and his name's Johan. Um, but his stuff is really expensive. So like, can you tell us? Uh, oh, like his paintings can be like a couple thousand dollars. But they're beautiful, um, the details of them. And um, I mean, he's probably, I mean, I think he is considered the best um, when it comes to miniature artisans who paint, you know what I mean, scenes. Let me tell you what his name is because it is. Um, well, and I so think his, his name is Johans Landman. So his first name is J-O-H-A-N-N-E-S and then Landman, L-A-N-D-L-A-N-D-M-A-N. I just had um, a thought when you were, because you're so knowledgeable and I'd love to give credit to all these artisans. I yeah. should do an article like a blog and we'll put everyone's name in with like their, you know, if they have a website or how to contact them. And then I can put that in the show notes so people can just click and see all these amazing yeah do you want me to do you want me to send you some of them yeah for Emails? sure after this podcast we'll get together and maybe just write up a little article and so people can at least so i just have a few more questions sorry i have so many questions um you're fine yeah you just you have such an amazing collection so you were featured in the house beautiful magazine can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that magazine because i've never oh yeah it's just a, a decorating magazine it's called house beautiful it's a Hearst magazine. Um, yeah, it's just a, um, a decorating magazine. And I, I, I had a, a, one of their editors follow me on Instagram. And I think either she reached out or I reached out and said, would you be interested in doing some kind of article? So it was online. And then I've also had um, a dollhouse trade magazine. They've done something on me. So, um, you know. Is it's nice to get that recognition. For sure. So it's House Beautiful. Is this a magazine that you would find and recreate type things? Like recreate a room box? You mean the actual magazine? Who does it target? Or yeah, like you said, you use magazines to get inspiration for your next room box. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, that would be one of the magazines. And I mean, they don't, I mean, they do interior design of real homes, but um, I think the editor liked that thing, like this whole thing of miniature interior design. And that's why they did a story on me because um, they thought it was interesting. What like, are I mean, some other magazines that you... I like traditional home. I like, um, like I said, traditional home, house beautiful, um, some of the HGTV magazines. Um, so those are usually the ones, uh, Veranda, um, ones like that okay i'll have to look into some of these because i always i shared a lot a while ago in one of my podcasts like i used to love barbies but not so much for the dolls just like knocking the dream house over setting it back up and then okay knocking over again and then you know setting it all back up so i love the interior part of it also so yeah magazines like that would be awesome yeah so where do you think the future of miniatures is 
you have any like is you know there what? enough think, answers to go around do you think you well can... i mean i think it, it's one of those hobbies that it has like i think it's really become very popular especially since covid i think a lot of people a lot of younger people getting into miniatures which is great because i think there was a time when um you know a lot of these artisans that have been around have either retired or they're deceased or they just are no longer in the business and so now i think with etsy and things like that you're seeing a lot of like artisans out there that are becoming interested in it so mm -hmm. yeah and you think there's enough miniatures to go around like you being a collector i know mm. you I mean, yeah, I think there are a lot of miniatures, but I mean, there's definitely ones that are, if you have something, you pretty much know if you have something that's very collectible and maybe there's not a lot of people out there that have like a piece, but I mean, I guess it just depends on what it is. Some of them would make mass quantities of things, you know, when they would make them. And so there's a lot out there, but I mean, I would say for the artisans that are no longer doing it, those are probably harder to come by, um, you know, compared to maybe today, you know, ones that, um, you know, they try to sell more on a mass quantity or they make things, you know, more things um, because, you know, a lot of them, that's their livelihood. So, you know, they're not just doing it as a hobby and then selling it. True. And where, um, I guess if one wants to get started, like they love miniatures, where do you have any advice on how one can get started with collecting miniatures? Well, I mean, with collecting, I would say, I mean, there's a, I definitely would think that you would want to follow a lot of the, um, the, the Facebook pages, which I do, because you find a lot of information there. Um, and just about artisans and then just you know, it's a good resource if you have questions. Um, the, some of the ones that I follow, it's called Dollhouse Miniature Marketplace. Dollhouse Miniatures, including made from trash to treasure. <coughs> One twelfth Dollhouse and Miniatures for sale. Miniature Masterpieces for sale. Dollhouse Grand Designs. Uh, Igma Miniature Community. The Cats Meow Miniature Society. So I have a lot of groups that I belong to. So yeah and we can maybe include that in our little I'll, as well. i'll include those two okay so well, can you give us a little glimpse on what you're working on next and maybe what we might see on your instagram <clears throat> um i mean right now i'm i just finished taking all the christmas stuff out of them um so i'll get ready for like valentine's easter saint patrick's valentine's saint patrick's easter and then spring just changing them up, you know, with my one dollhouse to do a lot with the outside because, you know, with spring and summer, because I have a pool with it. I know I saw that. So I'll be working on that. As far as room boxes, I'm not really, I'm, I'm working on a, one right now that I've, I found at a, um, an auction. I'm just kind of repainting it and stuff. But as far as other projects, no, I kind of, um, I haven't been, collecting as much or I'm trying to you know I only have so much room so I don't have really much room for more. You have to build on yeah build on a miniature room yeah 
Well, I can't wait to see. And thank you so much again for joining me and Chatty Minis. Okay. And like I said, I'll leave you, your handle and everything so people can. Will you send me the, um, will you send me your email mm -hmm. um, so I can send you that document with that stuff? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank and, you again. All right. And I'll send you mine. Uh, I'll give you my email and in, uh, Instagram message. Okay. All right. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. All right. You do. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.